0: Hi everybody, welcome back to the Gallagher Shots podcast channel and welcome back to episode 8 of Canny Chatter. Can you believe it? We're still here. We haven't been kicked off by Chris, um, although he has featured, so he would be kicking himself off as well, so whatever. Um, This week we are going to be talking about the new Newcastle kit, the home kit, uh, given our opinions. We're also going to take a little look at the fixtures because they were released today at time of recording. Um, We're also going to be talking about a certain gig that happened over the weekend at St. James's Park that we all attended on different days. Um, And then we're also going to do a pizza special in Scrawny Chatter. I'm Scott, I'm your host for this one, and this week I'm joined by Canny Chatter regulars Ian and Joe. And... I can call you a kind of chat regular now, Daryl. But Daryl is also joining us uh, because Harry's had a bit of an emergency that he's had to tend to, so he's been substituted in. Ian, mate, how is things? How's your week been? Don't talk about the gig yet because we'll come to that later. But anything else you've been doing, watching, reading, playing this week? How's it been?
3: Uh, Yeah, been good. Just been. Living it up in, in Costa del Acliff, because it's been about 30 degrees in the back garden. Um, just getting ready for Glastonbury next week. I'm off there. Um, other than that, not a great deal. Very, very mm. chill this week, I think, because I had a lot on last weekend. I've just wanted to have a chilled week this week, so yeah, but yeah, all good on my front.
0: Excellent, Joe Mate. Are you back in uh, back home now? You're you're back you're back home from Newcastle. It looks like with the yeah. In the background, yes, how was your week? Back,
2: yeah, back on Merseyside. No, it was great. Um, yeah, got to Newcastle on Thursday um, and had an absolutely fantastic weekend. Good birthday weekend. Um, the entire city was buzzing the whole weekend for obvious reasons, which we'll talk about very soon. Um, yeah, and then happy birthday on the Monday, so I was with my family for that. And Joe uh, back to Merseyside on the Tuesday, and um yeah. So it's, it's still hot here as well. Actually, I'm roasting.
0: Yeah, it's been uh, it's been very very hot here, um, about thirty two degrees constant, um, which isn't nice when we don't have air conditioning. But there we go, uh, Daryl mate, welcome back. How was your week?
1: Uh pleasure to be back, Scott. Thanks. Um it's been an interesting week. Um just today we managed to be, be three hours late at work, so that's taking a chunk out of my day. Um but no, very well. Um happened to see our good friend Shell before and after Sam Fender at the weekend. So our love and best wishes to her. Um and yeah, just been cracking on.
0: Nice. So have none of you watched, played, or read anything? Oh, this yeah. Because <laughs> so, you uh, no, the question. Actually, yeah, I forgot
2: <laughs> to mention. Uh, this week, I've been watching um, that new MH370 documentary that's just come out on Netflix. We got, it came out in March. Yeah, it came out in March. Three-part series that pretty much each episode is like an hour long and it goes through a different potential theory, quote-unquote, as to what might have happened. Um, I, I don't know how I feel about it because they're, I feel like Netflix has done this recently where they give a lot of um, airtime and a lot of, uh, I guess, credit towards, I want to say conspiracy theorists. Um, if you ever watched the one with the Cecil Hotel, yeah. yeah, it did a very similar thing. I really didn't like that just because in the end, okay, spoiler alert, three, two, one. Uh, she probably didn't actually get murdered it was more likely like you know some mental breakdown thing but they spent a lot of time going through conspiracy theories and stuff that didn't even relate to the actual story and uh, with this one it wasn't quite as far-fetched because they did speak to people who were directly involved in some way or another with uh, investigating it but yeah i, I think um so there is definitely one theory which is far more credible than the rest of them, and I just felt like they give a bit too much air time to the, to the rest but it was interesting, definitely worth a watch, especially if you don't know too much about actually what happened um they obviously still haven't found exactly you know the, the majority of it in the uh in the people on board but it's it's definitely a really interesting case so that was um that was a really interesting watch
0: nice it seems like every episode is a different ten file hat is it mm <laughs> to put on
2: to a, ter- so a certain degree it's weird because it's like there are sprinkles of truth in every single episode there are there are there is evidence but then some of the theories kind of then go off on like tangents and you think mm. to yourself how much of this are you you know are you almost like fabricating or, or trying to sort of weave in fill in the dots sort of thing and how much of this is actually credible so uh it's interesting it's funny because there's times where they'll speak to someone and they'll be like, yeah, I think this is what happened. And then they'll pant someone else and they go, that guy's full of bullshit. <laughs> and it's just like, well, mm-hmm. you're kind of thrown from one end to the other.
0: Mm-hmm. Interesting.
2: It's quite similar. Netflix did that. I know
3: like, it's not the same because it wasn't a documentary. But if you've ever seen The Watcher on Netflix, so that's based on a, a true case. Basically, this family move into a house and then they start getting like threatening letters and stuff. So that was based on a true story. So... If you're familiar with the story, like yeah. you'll know how it ends. Um and I felt like it was because of the ending, it was it was a bit meh. But like that was that was a really, really good build up and then you just got let down at the end. I've not I'll not spoil it for anyone that wants mm. to watch it. It's it's decent watch, but then like I say, if you know what actually happens, it's a bit of a climax shall we say? Hmm. Yeah. Um
0: I've been well, I've been very busy uh, since we last spoke. Uh, I went to see Wu Tang Clan and Nas at the uh, Ziggo Dome here in Amsterdam, which um, was amazing. Uh, but getting home was a nightmare because if you know, if you've if you've ever been to a gig in Amsterdam, there's only three stadiums and arenas, um, but they're right next to each other and they share a single uh, train station. And uh, at the same time as Wu-Tang Clan, Harry Styles was also on oh, at God. the uh, Cruyff Arena. And there was some German techno metal group on at the Efas, which is the, the other one. So there was around 150,000 people. All trying to get into the same train station at eleven o'clock at night Jesus. Uh, when they all decided to pile out at the same time. So that was fun. Uh, not.
1: Um, <laughs> I think I would have quite late would have seen the crowd with the different mix of people that had been in those crowds.
0: It was so random because obviously you had you know people in Wu Tang Clan t-shirts. You had lasses and lads. To be fair, in uh, pink frilly cowboy hats with like sparkly trousers on and all that sort of
3: stuff, and then. It's weird for the German (laughs) techno crowd, isn't it?
0: It's weird, yeah. Well, you know they had like you know the
3: big goth boots on with the buckles
0: and the the dreadlocks with the blue and the like the tubes in and all that. It was yeah, it was quite a mix of an eclectic mix of people. (laughs) Um, But that's what Amsterdam is; it's it's a very diverse place. Mm. Um, Then obviously I was home, so I was back in Newcastle for the weekend um, for the Fender gig, which we'll get on to later, and and now I am back. Um, and I was supposed to be going to see Beyoncé on Sunday at the Cruyff Arena. But there's uh, reports of a massive thunderstorm, which mm. uh, is the um, happening as she starts. Mm. And the fact that it's at the Cruyff Arena and it's outdoors, we've decided to sell our tickets. So we sold our tickets because uh, I wasn't really bothered, to be fair. And we saw the set list and it's all the new stuff of our new album. Mm. And I haven't listened to it. So, yeah, we've uh, decided to to sell the tickets. Uh, so we did that uh, about an hour before going live on this recording. So there you have it. And in terms of watching, we finally started Ted Lasso. Uh, started it, what is it? So it's Thursday time of recording. Started it on Tuesday and we've done season one already. Um, <laughs> That's the sign of a good it's, series. It's, it's good. Yeah, it's really good. Um, it's a bit Americanized version of what they think Britain is. But uh, yeah, it's it's not too bad. Um, I'll be interested to see where season two goes. But it's nice because they're thirty minute episodes, right? And that's 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 the thing you can just yeah. keep watching thirty minute it, episodes.
2: It's, yeah, I think it's one of those where you have to you have to go in with the mindset that it's a comedy centered around football. It's not a football comedy, yeah. so yeah. to speak. You know, like. Yeah. It's not meant to be exactly as um, as it was because that would just be a little bit more manic. It wouldn't be what it was, would
0: it? It's not like Goal, where they're trying <laughs> no, not to not a like the legendary film, um, or Mike Bassett, or Mike Bassett, yeah. Or what was the other one? Bend it like Beckham. That was the other aye, f- football aye. related film, wasn't it? Um, and I've also been watching, and this is on this is on Netflix. It's called <laughs> Kings Collectibles, and it's about a guy or a, a, it's a company in New Jersey, but the 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 guy's called King. It's his surname, and he gets like, you know, when you see people on like Twitch and on uh, TikTok and that, and they're opening packs of Pokemon cards, mm. and they get like a really rare one. They go, "Oh, this is worth twenty grand," and you're like, "It's not worth twenty grand." Well, he gets these cards and he sells them for like twenty grand. Um, so one of them he's after. It's a Le- it's a LeBron James card, and it's got you know on basketball jerseys how they've got the NBA logo on them. Mm-hmm. It's got. Mm one of them for each of the three teams that LeBron James plays for, but from one of his jerseys. So he's won a championship with all three of them. I think there's only one or two of these cards in the world, and he gets one, and it sells for $2.5 million. Jesus <laughs> Christ. And It's just like, yeah, it's crazy. There's another like This lad walks in, and it's, he's with his mom, and they're like, I think you've got a card that we might want. And he's like, oh, yeah, it's a St- Stephen Curry or Steph Curry like rookie card, and the guy's like, all oh, right, yeah, probably worth about ten grand. and he gets a card, it, he goes, Hang on a minute. That's a gold one. He's like, Yeah, why? He's like, That's worth about a hundred and fifty grand. It's not ten grand. The kid nearly falls off his chair. <laughs> um, yeah, it's it's really interesting because obviously collectibles, and it's not just it's not just cards. like they do Beanie Babies. Um, I think he was doing um baseball bats and and stuff from um some old baseball players. So, yeah, it's it's on Netflix. Uh, uh, again, short episodes, so they're good watches. But it's done. Have you ever watched Porn Stars? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Where, you know, mm-hmm. the pawn shop in yeah. Detroit, um, where it's all over-dramatised <laughs> and then we leave you hanging and there's like an advert goes to it. It's like that. It's over-dramatised. Like, it could be a 10-minute show if they really wanted to. But they keep You're cutting right, back Ian. and forth with I eye <laughs> contact and all that. And Ian's You're laughing, Ian's trying style, not to be rude because I said the word porn. Child. Um, <laughs> you
3: child. I on, don't Ian. know what that is. <laughs> Fucking gross. You know what a
1: porn Ian? shop <laughs> is?
3: I don't do them anymore. <laughs> <He's> <laughs> <one>
0: <laughs> Isn't the one next to the fire station in uh, Newcastle across the road? I I there know, is there's like a eye.
2: Uh, yeah. Um, well,
1: yeah, I'll tell you what I've been watching. Um, there's three things I've been watching. Two of them, similar sort of vein to each other. But first thing I watched was a film on Netflix, um, German subtitles. Uh, it's called Blood and Gold. And it's about some um, SS squadron in the Second World War hunting for some gold in rural Germany, I think it is. And it gets a bit... It's a bit strange to start off with. Um, it's sort of like... I don't know what I thought of it. But I think it's sort of be some sort of hybrid um Tarantino style sort of mash up with something else mm. and all that, but it's quite good actually. Really enjoyed it. Um, and the other things I've been watching are on Amazon. Um, and um, two, two crew trying, uh, true crime documentaries. And um, one of them is um about Ian Huntley, uh, not Ian Huntley, Ian Brady, sorry, uh, from the Moors Murders. Um, and the other one is something called The Never Ending Murder. And that is about a disappearance of a, a girl in Coventry in 1992. And it's also made by the same production company that made the Sun Until I Die documentary. Mm-hmm. Um,
0: wow. Ironically, another murder. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, I wasn't going to make a joke. The Ian Brady one's three episodes, about an hour long. And the unsolved murder one, um, or the longest murder, whatever it was, is um, I think it's four episodes in, and they're about an hour long as well. Nice. And they're on Amazon. Mm-hmm. Say. Mm-hmm. Both of those are on Amazon. Yeah. Cool.
3: That's why I don't like my name. Because the famous Ian's that you think about are like. Murderers. Child killers <laughs> slash murderers, yeah. There's Ian Brady, yeah. Ian Huntley, that Ian Watkins from the Lost Prophets. Ian Brown, though.
1: Um, no. Who's he? No, he's not, he's not no. spelt the same way as that, is he?
3: Well, this is the thing. All of the, all of these, all of these Ians were spelt I A N, mm-hmm. and they give people like me with two eyes a bad rap.
0: I'm sure they've all got two eyes, i we We're stuck on it with a dark already. You can, you can have that one for free. Um... I'll tell you that for free. Anyway,
2: we're in for a long yeah, night. Aren't we?
0: Let's let's move on to today's topics. Um, so. We'll start with the Newcastle one. Um, we all were—I wouldn't say surprised, but we were all expecting a new kit to be coming out. There was rumours on Facebook. The Facebook dads, as it's been going around on uh, on Twitter, <laughs> were saying that um, it was going to be announced on the ninth of June, and it and it actually was it. It was the eighth of June. It was announced, it was, but it didn't release. No, it was the ninth. Was it the it ninth? Was the, it was announced it was two, two, two o'clock on the ninth. It was. Right, and then it was released on the 10th, right? yeah, That's right, yeah. Um, so there is a new home top, a home jersey, a home kit, however you want to refer to it as. Um, surprise, surprise. I don't want to spoil it for anybody, but it is black and white stripes. Um, <gasps> but it's it's done quite nicely. And, and obviously this is audio, but Joe is um, parading his new black and white top. Use your uh, imagination, people. But, um, yes, he hasn't even I'm took the sure. tags off it yet, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, um, that is that's how, how fresh this thing is. is. So... I'll tell you what happened with my expedition trying to get the shirt, and then I'll give you my opinions on it. I went to the Metro Centre on Sunday. Was it Sunday? Saturday. No, it was Saturday. It was Saturday I went to the Metro Centre. Obviously, like I said, I've I've been home for the weekend. Um, Got there about two o'clock in the afternoon, and Mm -hmm. uh, we walked, parked where Debenhams used to be um, in that car park. And uh, we went in and... I didn't really go for the top. We went just to go to the Merrill Centre, get some food, whatever. And I was like, well, while I'm there, I may as well. Um, walked past the Castor shop. And do you know upstairs in the Merrill Centre how they've got them like them bays where you can see downstairs in yeah. the middle? Well, the queue was in the Castor shop at the door, then it split it so people could walk past, and then it went around that one of those entire bays wow. to get in. Uh, and then what I didn't realise, what I find out later, was there's actually two queues in the shop. But I'll come to that later. So I thought, oh, well, we'll go get some food. We'll go do what else we need to do in the matter of i I'll come back. I looked in, plenty of shirts. Like, it, it looked like there was no worries. The my were eating food. I think it was, I think it might have been Decker. It might have been you, Joe, who said they sold out of shirts in the club shop in the stadium um, or of bigger sizes that sold out. So I was like, okay, this are. is going to be fun. I might not get one. um. Had rough food, did what we needed to do. And it was about two hours later, maybe a bit longer, um, went back. And there was the queue had died down. It wasn't as big. It was up, just up one side of one of those bays in the middle. Joined the queue and gets in. And as I'm in the queue, I can see there was like three 2XLs and maybe five XLs. But there was a guy coming out and he kept replenishing the rails. So we thought, oh, okay, we're going to be fine get to the front of the queue and uh as soon as i get in the shop there's no 2XLs not on the on the rack at all so i thought okay, okay we'll go and ask the guy if there's any went out the back and checked none so there's there was no 2XLs had a look at an XL and it's like last year you've got to go a size up to what you normally are for anyone who's wondering with these shirts you do need to size up uh, cuz they're small just like the uh just like last seasons um so i ended up getting the uh, match day kit with the checkered flags on the bottom so it looks a bit like war flags um, which actually I, I do quite like and I prefer the material on those because they're like a, it's like the training tops, they're a bit more breathable, I know I mentioned in a, in a previous episode of Canny Chatter that you know, I thought the home tops last year were they weren't very breathable and it was like wearing a bin bag and, and I don't know what it's like this season, um, I didn't really look at the shirt that much when I realised it didn't have my size because I didn't want to get me Get me hopes about getting one and not get one. Um <laughs> but um I ended up just ordering it online in the store from from the Newcastle website and it's coming on Monday uh when I when I get it. Um my thoughts on the top, I love the collar and I love the cuff on the sleeve. I know I think I've said in previous canny trousers, I'm not a fan of sleeve cuffs, um, but I like I like the cuffs on the sleeves. Yeah, it reminds us of the um anniversary kit. Um obviously minus a stripe. Uh, it's like Adidas off the Keyside Market missing a stripe. Um, but I, I also like the fact that the castor's white. I like the 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 seller Brandon. Um I do think maybe it could have had a bit more of a a white uh trim around the text. because uh, 'cause it's got a very small one. But I, I don't know. I think the more I look at it, the more I like it. Um and obviously It is plastic like the Fun 88, but it's nowhere near as big as it was on the old one. So I quite like that. And I also like, and I didn't notice this in the store, but I like the fact the NEFC on the back is also white. Um, Although, I don't know how that's going to look with red names and numbers. And it's also making me think that the the Champions League or the European font that has yet to be disclosed will also be maybe white um, on a black square. So hopefully we'll see something like that. But yeah, really like the shirt. I really like the black shoulders as well. Um, it, it's it's more of a, a black shirt with white stripes than it is a white shirt with black stripes, which you know I've, I've always said is is good. One thing I will say, and this is one thing I noticed, I know people have been going on about quality of the stitch and of the, the badge, and that's a non-issue for me. I'm not going to lie to you. I, it's it's, it's crossed. It right? You, you're going to get little you know, deviations in quality. That's you're always gonna get that. But when I was in the shop I did notice on some of the noon badges, they've had the square and then there were just really just, just above the top of the square there was a faint yellow dotted line. It's almost like where the um whatever they used to peel off had had melted onto the onto the shirt. It was only on a couple of them, it wasn't on all of them. Um but that was my only quality issue that I saw in the store. Um Apart from, and I know they touched about this on Monday, I do think they're putting the names on the back of the shirts wrong. Because mm-hmm. all the Premier League mm-hmm. talk and all the videos and everything they did about this new font is that the names are in a straight line and they're arching them in the stores. Um, but yeah, that was my that was my experience, my thoughts on the shirt. The two queues, by the way, in store, you queued up once to get your shirt and then you queued up again to do your printing. So if you wanted a Champions League logo... Uh, they were quoting three hours, Jesus. and that's in that tiny castor shop in the metro center. Um, so yeah, um, but like I said, I love the shirt, I think it's one of our best ones for a long time. I think it's probably our best one since the 125 years one, which is another past favorite of mm-hmm. mine. Um, obviously, minus the longer, but that's uh, the funny date, but that is what it is. Um, Daryl, mate, yeah. As someone who has a
1: lot of traits as well, mm-hmm. what are your thoughts and opinions on this new top? So, my first glimpse of it in the flesh was on, on Saturday, and um it's Saturday afternoon at the train station, actually, and I saw it in the flesh and I just thought, that stands out quite well. And, you know, the, the, the easy argument against that is the fact that oh, it's just black and white stripes again, but you can tell straight away there's something about it. I don't know if it's the way just it looks with the collar and the trims and and the new sponsor and all that, but there's just something about it that makes it stand out. And every time I've seen it, and given what happened at the weekend and the amount of black and white shirts that we saw in the town over the weekend, every time I have seen that shirt in the flesh since Saturday afternoon, it looks better and better and better. And I cannot wait to get my hands on a one. And it's funny that you should mention the, the stuff about the Champions League there. I feel like I might end up having to get a league shirt and if the champions league one has this black patch on the back i think i'll be going back to get another one um which is going to be a lot of money to spend but it feels like it'd be worth it um do you,
0: do you think they'll release the champions league shirt or do you think they'll just have that as like a they'll release the font but maybe it's the shirt they won't sell um mm, unless maybe of course we we win the champions yeah. league yeah you know, we're twenty two to one according to funny 88 so you know, there's every chance that we could win it. I think I think you're probably I, I
1: think you're probably right there. But again, if you want to have that full replica experience, you'd want the one with the patch on the back like with the, the block on the back so you can get your print on properly. Cause I just think if you try and get the Champions League print on the stripes, it just won't look right. Um but again, like I say, it's it just looks great and I just can't wait to get my hands on one. I'm gonna give it a couple of weeks just to let the initial Rush died down, but by the time we we'll head up the Rangers in a few weeks' time for the preseason friendly, I'll definitely have one on me back.
0: Well, um, if you want to order one online, obviously you can't get the personalisation, but you guys can obviously just take it into a store and get that done. I ordered on Saturday; it got delivered, it got shipped. Sorry, not delivered; it got shipped today. So it only took what four days, yeah. And the fact that it they have been sold out, and they are quoting seven to ten days for shipping now yeah. Um, they're, they're a bit better than last season in terms it of that seems, I
2: think well yeah it seems that since midway through last season they've really stepped the game up I've ordered a few things obviously me not living in Newcastle um, I've had to order a few things from them and they come within like two to three days obviously with this being a new kit launch you're expecting it to be a bit longer but yeah if it, if it has been sent already to you then that is that's a good sign mm-hmm. definitely um, yeah, because the the
0: Castor site had completely sold out yesterday as well. When I looked, they had no sizes.
2: It's been re- like replenishing quite um, heavily. So I've, yeah. I've just out of curiosity, I've been having a look. Like it was, I think it was like the Tuesday. No, when was it? It was Wednesday. Um, I had a look, and it was like fully in stock. And then I just I checked again, and it was like half the sizes had gone. And then by the night, they had been back. So I think they're just. I think they're quite on top of it this year. I feel, mm-hmm. I feel like
1: that this could probably be one of the best seasons we could ever have. Like we could have for shirt sales, given everything that's gone on.
2: Oh, no doubt, no um,
1: doubt. And the, you know the way that you're you're saying about them flying off the shelves and off the websites mm-hmm. and all that. I think this it could well be one of the best seasons we've ever had, and all that extra money mm-hmm. will go a long way towards helping with as well.
0: Do, yeah. do you know what else, Daryl? I'm seeing a lot of comments from a lot of non-Newcastle fans going, "Wow, yeah, that's a really nice Newcastle shirt," which. You don't get that often. <laughs> you know what it is,
2: right? We, I think what makes this shirt stand out is the fact that it's so balanced across mm. the entire shirt. There have been, personally for me, I mean, things with black and white stripes, it's dead easy to make it too busy. And it doesn't help that we've had things like Wonga and funny A, which is just a loud smack in the face whenever you look at the shirt. But when you look at this one, it's, and again, yeah, as you say, it's got very similar to the 2017-18 shirt, where if you remember, they had black panels on yep. top it mm. was thinner it was more in line with the rest of the stripes on the shirt but they still had that on top and i thought that just balanced the shirt quite nicely and that's the same with this one obviously you've got the collar which links down in obviously i tell you what black central stripe can't beat it man yeah. something about that I agree I right. and yeah the castor being um white it's not quite the same white as the stripes the stripes are obviously, are well, the classes are brilliant white. Whereas the castor is a little bit more in line with the um with the neck, which is a little bit more of a silvery grey, which okay. I actually quite like. It's, it's got that slight retro feel, but it's not really noticeable. It's still very similar. Mm. Um, I mean, you, you'd yet, have to
0: have a bit of contrast so it yeah. would stand out. I mean, I know it's on the black stripe, but
2: exactly that. Um, it, the black panels on top, I absolutely love. I just, again, I think it just really balances the whole shirt out, and it just looks absolutely lovely it's there's nothing too flashy with it but it's just done very well and it's very smart the the black and white sponsor as well you can't beat that um it's i'm surprised it did it actually um i'm I'm surprised it went for black and white because it's one of those where the argument has been well a sponsor wants to stand out on the shirt and if you're not gonna if you're gonna have in black and white will it do that but when you look at it it's you know it's just goes it's, it's easy, back to it's what you
1: said about it looking busy though because when you had one guy and you had your funny eight, it was blue and it just mm. st- and it did stand out but it just yeah, yeah it stood out in yeah. the wrong way if you know what i mean and also yeah just yeah to quickly go back on the size and thing that's one of the reasons why I, I won't be getting one from online because i need to get in the store and i need to try them on mm. just because of yeah. that like all the stuff i've been going through with losing a bit of timber and all that sort of thing i need to be able to feel the shirt on me to see which one's going to be the best fit yep
2: yeah. so i obviously I've I managed to pick one up. So quick story from me. I went on the Saturday Um, I was going into town anyway, and I knew it was going to be a bit of a queue, but I thought, you know what? People have been waiting outside since like before 8am, but that'll have died down. It'll still be busy, but I thought, you know, it I'll still be able to get in. So I got to the uh, club shop, got to St. James's Metro just after 11 o'clock and the queue outside wasn't too bad. It was like, if, it was pretty much sort of the Jackie Milburn statue, maybe just before it. So, okay. and it was going down. So it was actually okay. So I was like, you know, join the queue. Um, we started, uh, it was progressing nicely. And then we literally got to, we were like three away from being at the, um, at the, at the front door of the shop. And then I saw inside and it was like, you just say, <laughs> Scott, the queue was insane. Manic. Yeah. Absolutely manic. So, you had it by the way it just stopped at that point so i was like going along nicely nicely five minutes later and then i stopped just outside the shop and we stood there for about 15 minutes and hadn't moved they had completely shut it off um and then i was hearing from people that were coming outside oh it's like a it's a two hour it's like a one and a half hour queue just to buy the shirt and then it's another two hours to get your printing done because obviously everyone wants a champions league badge but it comes in the same queue as personalizations and all the rest of it yep. so I think they have literally like two or three machines at Max. So it was um I was like go fuck that I'm not I'm not um yeah. I'm not going to bother. And um and so I went to the Castor shop by Monument. Mm-hmm. And they literally had like three four XL shirts left. And they said yeah now it's it's gone. They, they were bring back more back in on Sunday but they said Nah, it's gone. So I thought okay never mind. I'll come back later on. So I popped back in on Monday on my lunch break and um I was in now straight away. It was nice. It wasn't too busy at all. I mean, they had they only had large XL and two XL left. I think that I could see, but I mean, I got a large anyway. Um, so it was okay. But the, but the, yeah, the personalizations because I have one of the Champions League badge and the personalizations were about a two hour wait. So I can oh. uh, come back the time. Oh. And if to be fair, it, it were only about thirty people in the queue. Um, so it's uh, yeah, I'll, I'll get that another time. As for the sizing, in case anyone listening is wondering what size to get. It's very consistent with all other castor home shirts. If you've got the um the home sorry, the the limit edition well, limited edition, uh quote unquote. Uh retro the shirt, the one, one. that Daryl got on. Yeah, the oh, one, yeah, yeah, the yeah. The one from the takeover season that they released back in like the October, it's pretty much identical fitting to that. I put it cool. side by side on and overlaid it on top. They're exactly the same fit, exactly the same size. So basically just go with the same one that you get from Castor. Um normally but i really i really like i think it's a good fit
0: hmm was was anyone surprised that there's no pro versions of the kits available and also no goalkeeper tops yeah because normally would, you release would, the home yeah. kit you at you release at least the goalkeeper kit as well um i was actually more surprised that the match day kit was out than no keeper top um
2: yeah, I was it I was a little, little surprised at that. I was going to say. I mean, you're probably going to say the same thing. It does beg the question whether they were rushed to bring their shirt out because of the Sam Fender gig, mm. which I'm not being funny. It's a it was a absolute no brainer. Oh yeah, um, yeah. Open goal for them to to release it. I, I'm surprised they didn't release it on the Friday because obviously you had the Friday crowds as well. Yeah. But I mean, I think a lot of it will depend
0: on how soon they got that seller deal signed off for the Premier League and then obviously they would have then had to print the shirts get the seller logo on the
2: shirts I'm, I'm thinking it was very touch and go have you noticed that the seller logo is like a different size on almost all the different promotional material so this I mean this is how sad I am but I did just notice it because the actual shirt I've got and what most people have got it's just within the three central stripes so it's not like overlaid directly um, so for the lads, mm-hmm. I'll just quickly show you. Apologies for the listeners, but you see here, it's not quite touching the end of the black yeah. stripe where yeah, the stories, yeah, yeah. is. Whereas when they um, in, in the video for Seller, when they were announcing it in the in the wall in the shirt, it was a lot smaller. But then on the some of the promotional material they've got, it's actually overlaying those black stripes. So I don't know if they've just like photoshopped it in at that point and just went shit. Like we need to get this yeah, out quick yeah. as possible.
0: I think the images you're seeing on the website they're photoshops. Because there's not a chance they would have been able to get the players in that they've had playing taken photos in that in that shirt. When you got to think, Bruno's got blonde hair mm-hmm. when he's wearing that shirt mm-hmm. in that picture. He hasn't had blonde hair for three months. Yeah, Do you know what I mean. They took the pictures with that shirt before they knew the sponsor. So they're they, so what you're seeing on the pictures, they're definitely photoshops. Um, they did it last season, um, and I think it's also one of the reasons why we didn't use the shirt on the last day of the season mm. um, or the last mm-hmm. home game of the season, which you normally get. They didn't know who the sponsor was going
2: to be. Are you a fan of that, by the way? Just going slightly off topic. Are you a fan of wearing the next season's home nah, shirt? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. I don't. Not, I mean, I understand famous. why. I, no, I just think that this, like, that's it, that should be just left for the next season. That is the memories of next season. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, I, I get why people do it and it's exciting because you get to see the first glimpse of the new kit. But for me, it's like, nah, just... That's it, yeah. I see your point, yeah. but
3: I used to always, I used to always love it, um, because then it made just made you more excited for the following season yeah. for me, Think,
2: but I'm. That's fair in- It's like a nice overlap. Yeah, yeah.
3: I'll be interested to see what we'll ever go with the uh, with the keeper top, because I. Oh man, I
2: hope we go for something different. Be
3: I, I reckon it'll be, it would just be ironic and funny that they've just got rid of like a horrible blue sponsor. <laughs> and the, the, they'll make the whole keep a kit like in like if you remember the like the um try, I think it was the first season, but the first Puma season where we had the kits, and then it had there was like the blue away one. It had like Toon written on nice. the, the back of the collar, like
0: yeah, like yeah.
3: A, a nice blue like that. I reckon we'll go for that. But I, Have you I also.
0: Seen? Um, is it Villas keep it top or maybe it's Wolves? Keep wool, it top? Or the Rubik's, uh, yeah, the
3: fruit fruit salad, yeah. Yeah. fruit salad
0: one, yeah. So we could get something wild like that.
3: Uh, but I'd I'd like to because it's the the home kit so smart. Like probably the, the best home kit I've seen. I'd say, yeah, arguably since the the one the hundred and twenty five, yeah, anniversary mm. one. I think they'll keep. I'll the need to keep the keeper kit smart yeah. as well hmm. like a nice
2: dark blue maybe uh,
1: i just green I keeper tops green. have to be green
0: oh, green, green,
2: green yeah. yeah like that old shade given northern rock green yeah i mean they... if
1: you're thinking about how this is a throwback to 83 84 whatever it is you'll just it'll be like the same colour green as that keeper top maybe that would mm. be nice which yeah. was a quite nice green from from recollection yeah it's odd uh,
3: uh my brother he sent us one saying oh he sent us the, the, the mannequins in the club shop and said, oh it's black socks. I actually like it with white socks. I do. I don't mind it at all. I like how um as well, because I know Mark was on about it in terms of the, the sponsor. I kinda see what he meant about the, the letters looking cartoony, but when Joe's just held it up on screen then, just what you were on about with the the white trim around it, even though the sponsor's black and white that sponsor still stands out yeah. mm-hmm. and it so and that's i think because we've only had like giant blue plastic for the last however long it's like i seen when i was in town on saturday i seen like loads loads of people wearing them and it, it like even the kids kits as well were on about in the group chat it just takes some getting used to not to have that giant horrible blue on the front of the adults and then an actual sponsor on the kids yeah. Um, but I, I genuinely, I think it's one of the nicest kits we've had in, in...
2: For 20 years, age, mate.
0: Age, Since ages, yeah.
3: absolutely ages. I
0: mean, they're not going to change their sponsor for a football shirt. Yeah. They have company brand guidelines for a reason, right? The colours that were picked, most of the stuff you see, I mean, you saw in the, the pictures of uh, wherever it was in, in Riyadh, where that, it looked like mm. no, their Northumberland Street or their Times Square probably be doing it better justice because of the screens. All the seller logos there were white font on a black background. Before we did any, before we even knew, and we did that concept kit video and all that sort of stuff. When I was looking, I only ever really seen it in white text, mm. black background, or black text, white background. So only only ever really seen it. I think there is a green version of it as well, but again, it'll depend on the brand. It'll depend on the colours it's with as well. Um, I just hope they do what Funny 88 did and they allow the colour scheme on the away kit yeah, to blend with the logo the colors, yeah. Yeah. um I because it way. could I be that, that that black and white is on all of the tops and it could ruin the away kits, especially with the rumours of you know the away kit being blue and gold again and and obviously the, the third kit being green uh we obviously don't know we don't know what they're going to look like. they still haven't been announced yet um well, but i just hope seller accommodate that a little bit more
2: on the uh, counter argument to that. I think if it was kept black and white, it's kinda of like a nice um touch of our home colours incorporated <laughs> yeah. into the other shirts. I I know what you're saying, to be fair, it completely depends on what the shirts are. Yeah, yeah. But I think I think they'll well. I think if Funny it were, you know, accommodating to that. I'm sure a seller will be. I mean they're they they're off heavily linked with our owners, but, aren't they? When you pay twenty five million are. a season, you get what you yeah. want. Yeah. When
0: you pay seven million a season, you get I what you're s- given. Yeah. True, that's the true. difference. I mean, in the yeah. same
1: camp as Joe here, and as much as I agree that it would be nice if they could accommodate the, and incorporate the colour schemes of the alternative kits, you just think how much that logo in that colour there with the white and the black is going to stand out on any of the other kits. And yeah. I, I do totally agree that if we go with blue and gold again on the away kit, then it has to sort of, you don't want to add too many colours because, like we said before, the shirt will just become too busy again and it will sort of ruin its own look. But I think if you think about if... Say, for example, that the the third kit is green, then I think that particular logo there with the white and black would stand quite well. Probably match it, yeah. Absolutely.
0: Do you know do you know what is gonna look weird on the home top? The new Premier League badge.
3: Because
0: mm. it's purple. Oh, yeah, isn't
3: it?
0: As well, I mean, like, I haven't seen any you know, yeah, it's just the outline of the it's not the it hasn't got a circle under anything, so it is just the outline of the lion. Now Nobody is buying that shirt with Premier League badges on. Like, They're getting it with the Champions League. <laughs> and the Champions League badge is black and white and it fits the shirt so well. So, yeah, it's going to be weird seeing these shirts with that purple lion's head on the sleeve. I don't think it's very big from what I've seen. But then, you know, counteract that, you've got the big yellow Noon on the other side, which I saw a lot of people say, why couldn't you just have the letters? Same reason why seller is how it is. That's Noon's brand. That's their guideline. You ain't changing that for nobody. That's going to be a yellow square no matter what it's on, um, unless it's on a yellow shirt, I would maybe think they would allow just the text on on a yeah. yellow. But I'd probably still say you'd get. Well, actually, no. Did we have that? Did we have a yellow keeper top last season? And it was a yellow square. So, um, yeah, I think that's just brand guidelines. Like you're not going to get that changed.
2: Can we talk about <laughs> the st- the slight, probably stupid, controversy around this? Uh, the- the the crest and the lettering I think Scott you touched on it a little bit earlier people saying that the yeah so for anyone who is unfamiliar with um, the outrage Mm -hmm. that people have had regarding the shirt where it says United on the club crest where it's been embroidered in some people are claiming that the I between the N and the T
1: um, looks like like another T. T Yeah. Simply
2: because of the font type that's being used, whereby the N has got some—I um, don't know—I don't know what the correct term is for it, but it's got a bit at the top, um, and then the I over that, and the NT mm. cursive is at it. Thank you. Mm. Uh, so yeah, I know what they're saying, but for God's sake, like, really, it's fine. I mean, I—I—I'll be honest with you. When I was looking through the sh- uh, the club shop for mine, I had—I had to go through at least ten, not because of the. Um, badge itself, just because of the, just because of the various stitching issues and stuff that came with the shirt. I was picking them up, and there were like loose threads kicking about. There was, you know, mm. like mm. under the underarms as well. There was some that didn't look like it was stitched quite tightly. So, yeah, the, they were they were problems. Looking at the uh the the badge, though, I mean, I really don't think that's an issue. Um, Daryl has just highlighted that on the. Uh, the I retro, shirt the the, yeah, retro bit, shirt, the the retro shirt from a couple of years back. It's exactly the same thing, and there's people who have done comparisons between um, this year's shirt and not only previous Castor shirts, but then also even some from Adidas mm. as well, yeah. whereby yeah. it's exactly the same thing. Um, well, I've noticed on the Adidas it's shirts,
0: just, it's not even it's not that it's the the letters are wonky, mm. so you'll get like. The N at like a forty five degree angle, then the A will be like on a forty six, and it looks just like a, a a wonky fence. And then the A is really small on some of them. <laughs> it's the price get you that pay for you get a embroidery, patch.
2: but yeah. I'm not being funny. Hey, for my personal opinion, give me an imperfect embroidery over a stick on patch or yeah. one of those old puma patches any day. That's my personal opinion, but I just think it adds. I just think it adds class and quality to a shirt. That and the other thing is, if you're patch. really worried about it. Buy the pro version because that is a patch and that yeah. will
0: be perfect. Um, and you know, it'll prove better. Yeah, it'll be more expensive. What were they last year? 120? 120 quid. Yeah. It quid. started off as. I mean, I got my keeper one for 35 quid, like so. They quickly go down, yeah. yeah. Yeah, they quickly go down. So, going back to what Daryl said about the square on the back, I personally think the pro version might have the square on the back. And the one that Watch. we buy. That was not not the one. we Like the the normal top mm. will be just black and white stripes. But I I don't know because then that means that the pro version throughout the league will also have mm. the the square on the back. And the only one I've seen outside of the press shots was what Murdad had on in his Instagram video because that was a pro version and he didn't show the back of it. So I,
1: I think we'll, we'll have to wait the, and see. The problem of doing that with the pro version is, and this is it's not it's not exclusive to me, um, but red text or numbers on a black background is my personal hell because I can't read it. I find it really mm. difficult to read that. Um, and I would really hate to think that the pro version in the league or whatever is going to be like that. And we know that red letters, in front, like red letters and numbers isn't part of the Champions League like, group of funds, but we do see it in the Premier League.
0: You're assuming the square on the back is going to be black? Well,
1: that, there is it that. It a white
0: square. square.
2: Mm. Yeah. Um, to be honest, I, I I actually personally disagree. I don't think there's going to be another version of the shirt. I know what you're saying, Scott. Um, I think we had a bit of disagreement earlier, um, in the chat. I just it's up to UEFA.
0: I, if UEFA won it, we have to do true, it. It's true, yeah, yeah, because yeah. in
2: the club shop, in the club shop, they had a sign saying that their, their font, their Champions League font, was still being um, they were waiting for approval by UEFA. Yeah. So yeah, you're right. It completely depends. I just find it difficult to believe that they would sell the current version of the shirt with the Champions League badge. Advertise as well, not just like, oh, if you want it, you can get it. They're advertising it with the Champions League badge if that isn't going to be Mm. the correct version of the shirt that they'd use. I just think there will be a lot of uproar. Given how much
0: demand there was obviously going to be to get shirts with the Champions League badge on, was anyone surprised that they didn't have the foresight to just pre-print, yeah. loads so of them, did? and then they,
2: put them on the shelves. They did when I went. Well, so they have five extent, of them or something. they <laughs> had like five. Yeah. So when I went on Monday, so I don't, I don't know if they had any on launch day, but when I went on Monday, um, I was, I was over here one of the managers speak to someone saying, um, because a guy asked him that question, they're like, oh, well, are they not any pre-printed on? He says, yeah, we, we did, but they literally sold out within ten minutes. And mm. when I went upstairs, um, they had, they had racks where it said Champions League uh, you know shirt, oh, okay. Champions League badge on it but then obviously I looked and they were just regular shirts without them yeah. so they they did have a few but they just sold out instantly um, you're right though I was though, surprised I, how cheap it was, I was surprised 8 quid only 8 quid yeah. I, and
0: I know, I know I'm saying, I'm saying yeah. only 8 quid and I'm saying that for one reason is when I looked to buy those Champions League patches the cheapest I could find them was 20 quid each mm. Uh, and that was for both, oh. that was for the, the ball and the foundation thing. Mm. But 20 quid was the cheapest I could find them for. So the fact that they sell them for
2: eight and get, and printed as it was well was a bit of a surprise. Them, and yeah, the yeah,
0: yeah. I mean, well, yeah, I mean, it, it doesn't really cost them much to press the heat on, does it? Because it's no, it's still the machine's early. on, but uh, yeah, I was surprised you know. it was only eight quid. It, it, um, just,
2: you know, they overheated, <laughs> <laughs> or did they you know, on that to turned the machines off on Saturday at one I point bet. because they, they overheated. Yeah. Um,
1: this this brings me back to something um that we mentioned last time I was on and going back into Barcelona and the, and the club shop at the, at the camp Nou, and when I went to buy my first ever shirt from there, um, they had racks upon racks upon racks of all these pre-printed shirts with yeah La Liga um logo on one side and and mm-hmm. another logo on the other sleeve. Um, certain ones that already came pre-printed with Champions League logos and um. FIFA World Club Champions um, badges on the front as well. And the cost difference, so like, there was about 60 or 70 euros difference between a plain version and a fully printed up, ready to go off the shelf wow, version. Okay. And when I got in there, I thought, mm, it's a bit much for me and my budget at the time. So I went in and I bought, the, I got the the actual bare shirt with nothing on it. And then I actually waited and got it printed with um, Messi 10 on the back. And then I got the club World Club Champions crest on the middle as well, and it cost. It saved us about fifty euros compared between just being able to walk up and pick one yeah, off the shelf. Maybe it was the think, for
2: seventy-eight than quid yeah. in the shop. Oh, well, Again, that's only that's the price
1: it, of the was, budget, Yeah, it's, it's well, yeah so, so it's avenue, exactly the same. Another avenue that the club could potentially exploit if they want to have these ready-made, ready-printed shirts with either Premier League or Champions League badges on, and they can have them marketed at a separate side with a little bit of a, a premium price on it as well. I was surprised I
0: just, they weren't offering it online mm. uh, with the Champions League yes. badges. So that's a bit yeah. of a shame because not everyone lives in Newcastle. Not everyone can mm. get those badges. Um, I understand. Yeah, I understand the why they they're not
2: doing. Yeah, I understand why they're not doing personalisation because obviously the transfer window is open. Oh yeah, you, you never get happened? a number this that, time. No, this no it was it was the same last year. But the Champions yeah. League, I I just think it's a bit of immaturity on um, on our side, and you know that's not really a criticism. No. we. I think I, I I don't know how true this is, but I read on Twitter that someone was speaking to. A guy who worked at the club shop, and he said that he'd been working there for ten years, and this was by far and large the absolute like mm. you know busiest, most hectic kit yeah. launch has ever been, um mm. by a large margin. And I'm all I'm not surprised. i um, I just think that the club just simply didn't anticipate the sheer levels. Um, and it goes back to what um Decker was saying. I think it was on the last All oh, Smiler Faces about the need to expand the club shop. Yeah. I mean, we know it's we know it's barely fit for purpose as it is. It looks it's it's all right inside. It's you know nice and stuff, but it's it's not big enough. It doesn't have enough quality um, goods and, and stock inside uh, for various things. And I am convinced that they'll be looking to either relocate or expand that.
0: Take a pack of monument. Yeah. the one at Monument oh. was
2: the best club shop best. they'll ever have.
1: Absolute best. Um, the... It's on
0: two floors. They sold everything. They sold absolutely Anyone. anything you could think of for Newcastle bar John. At yeah I, I i had one of the uh, people might not remember these but there was a a can of coke but it was a hi-fi you press the doors and the doors open speakers in the doors i had a newcastle united one of them that we got from the club shop <laughs> um cd player tape deck Pencil radio cases. um i'm glad harry isn't uh, on this because i <laughs> don't know what all these things are um sorry harry we'll love you yeah. Second topic about Newcastle, we'll go straight into it because it was announced today, the Premier League 2023-2024 to 2024 fixtures have been announced. We uh, we have a bit of a tough run-in to begin with. Uh, I'll run through August and September. So we've got Villa at home, City away, Liverpool at home, Brighton away, Brentford at home, Sheffield United away, and we finish on the 30th of September with Burnley at home. Now, those first four games, Ian... It's a nice little tough run in. Are you of the opinion that get them out of the way as soon as you can, or would you rather they be spread out to help with momentum uh, in the league? It's. it's
3: oh, mm. <laughs> <laughs> I, I genuinely don't know. There's 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 pros and cons of of each side. I think looking at it, we've in the uh, the, the the teams that finished in the sort of the top four last season, top six. Definitely have the hardest running. Um, That being said, a lot of people have brought up the point clubs won't have momentum yet. They'll still be embedding in new players. That is true. The same goes for us, though. Um, Villa at home, I think, is helped by the fact that it's a nighttime game, so I think first game of the season, night-time game, I think the fans will be up for that. City away, would never, ever really do well there. So whenever you're going to play Man City at the Addy Hards, the likelihood is you're going to get beat. Liverpool at home, again, is is a tricky one. Um, it completely depends on how how they perform in the transfer window, uh, what players they get in, because let's face it, they're, they're massively underachieved, yeah, underachieved last season. Um, lost some key players as well. Um, Brighton. Away is always a difficult game. Um, we we're never, we're never really do well down there, either. You know, we've got, I've really got a really
2: Should have won, won it last season, though. Should have won last yeah, season, yeah.
3: Yeah. Um, yeah. And then who was after Brighton? Sorry, it was Brentford, Brentford Holmes,
0: Sheffield United away, Burnley
3: home. See, even Brentford are a decent side. You would expect outside of the 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 big six, would you would expect the, season, the or, yeah the the home games. You would expect to, to pick up points. Um but like I say it's it is a difficult one. What what I was looking at as well is obviously you put in the the group chat of when the Champions League fixtures. Yeah. And again, that is a I don't want to be negative because it's it's it hasn't even kicked off this season. But I think what a lot of people will do is look in comparison to the season that we've just had. The season that we've just had was absolutely unheard of. We would never expect it to finish in the top four, be in the top three pretty much the entirety of the season. So I think they'll they'll always use that as the yardstick. Now, given that we've got Champions League, there'll be improvements of other clubs as well. I just think that people will be going, oh, well, we've got this game. Let's say Bournemouth, I think, might have been one of them. Which is the game you would expect to win? Granted, we didn't beat Bournemouth and I've played any of the three of the games that were played last season but when you then add a champions league game to that you could be travelling far under Europe you could be yeah like have have injuries picked up before that game or in that game so it it is a very very difficult season to navigate i do think there is a a, a decent run of fixtures where you would expect it to, to then kick in some momentum um but yeah there's i think there's man city and liverpool back to back Twice, yeah, so back, to back twice. Yeah, I think it's twice. December. Yeah, it's December. We'll play December thirtieth. We'll play Liverpool. Oh, and it is. yeah, all, yeah. City, yeah. But Liverpool there is a two week
0: break in between that. There's, there's ah, the fresh. winter break for that. Yeah. So in terms of the Champions League games, obviously we don't know exactly when they're going to be, but the first game will be between the Brentford and the Sheffield United away game. So between the sixteenth and the twenty third September. Then you've got first week of October, so that's between Burnley and West Ham. Then you've got last week of October, I think that'll be, so between Palace and Wolves. And then November between Arsenal and Bournemouth. And then there's two in December. In December, can I just say, looks honking. Um, Second, fifth, ninth, 16th, 23rd, 26th and 30th, with two Champions League games to fit into that as well. And also potential League Cup, uh, fixtures depend on where we do from there. Um, it's all right, yeah, nice. got not looking good. Yeah, that's why we kept Matt Ritchie. Attention.
3: Just, um, just quickly on the the Champions League fixture. So, just to sort of argue against what I've just said there, I think there's, I think it's at least two. It might be three games where we play the Champions League, and but either side of the game that we're going to play. Is a team that is also playing European football, mm. so it might it might be. I think one of the games is West Ham, yep. who will be in yep. the Europa yep. League. That'll be a Thursday game. Yep. We'll have an extra, so we'll have an extra day's rest compared to them. So there is, like yeah, I say, it it, it's a few it's swing, swings, swings and roundabouts. And let's face it, you've got to play every team twice. Mm-hmm. Um, you've, got,
0: you've got West Ham, you've got Arsenal. But I think Man, Man U, Man U. Yeah. Um, and I oh know Tottenham
3: didn't get European
0: football. Did that? Oh, that's a shame. <laughs> um, One thing I will say though, going back to that first few fixtures, we could end up with Villa, City, Liverpool, Brighton and then Real Madrid as our first five fixtures of the season. That could be awful, (laughs) to be honest. Um, Depends on who we we draw, of course, but we're we're all going to Madrid uh, if the song (laughs) is to be believed. Um, Daryl, mate, after December Mm. and after that we had January, February, March, April and May. Don't seem too bad. Obviously, there'll, there'll be more games to fit into that, uh, we hope. yeah. Um, but it's a nice spread of kind of what you. Well, there's no AC fixtures no, in the Premier League, no. but what we'll call lesser teams, and obviously your big six, yeah. nine, ten, whatever it is now, class stars, considering that, you know, three new entries into that top six uh, with us, West Ham and Brighton, mm. uh, I'm not going to include Phil mm. for obvious reasons, Um but it looks nice, end of the season,
1: should be uh, a nice little run. Yeah, I mean I think rather than say lesser teams or whatever like that, I'd probably be more inclined to say more winnable games, let's say Um, you know that February looks absolutely great when you think about who we're playing and then you've just got Arsenal to worry about at the end of the month Um yeah. March, very similar, you, you know uh, Wolves, Chelsea, Palace, West Ham uh, Chelsea you would imagine it'll be on some sort of resurgence next season just because of how things have gone this year and with Pochettino and all that stuff. So they'll they say Well it's March to... though, they might not have Pochettino well, by then. Yeah, probably gone by October, <laughs> isn't it? Um, and again like you say, you know, April is is good. There's probably a little run there with you know you've got Spurs and Man United back to back. That's probably the a tough thing. But like yeah. you say, after that, you know, the four games to see the season out. Sheffield United at home, Burnley away, Brighton at home and then Brentford away on the last day. You know, whatever position we find ourselves at that point, I think those are the sorts of games where you'd be quite happy to go into the season with those four to finish. Um, Because if we need to get results, we probably will be able to pick them up. Um, But by any chance, we'll just be relatively comfortable and safe and not really need to worry about anything by then. Not necessarily saying that we'll be comfortable and safe in terms of having secured another season of Champions League football or whatever, but certainly not in any sort of trouble at the wrong end of the table, which we all know is consigned to the past these days. It's it's not where the club will allow itself to go to. Um and it's it's gonna be a really interesting season, like you say. And you know, when you, you look at all these fixtures and you include your European games and your cup games and the amount of congestions, particularly as we mentioned in December with eight games in twenty eight days, um, potentially even nine no it's eight, it is if you if we're because we've got the champions league game in there as well so you've got eight games in 28 days it's game every three days pretty much and i think i'm trying to think about this in a in a more technical view and how eddie howe's going to manage all this i would not like to be eddie next season because i think you'll be through the roof and um, busy in in you know it's it's going to be a case of he will have to put aside some sessions to work on tactics and, and preparing to play certain teams and and all that. But because the games are just going to be coming thick and fast and one after the other just days apart, it's gonna be this season's gonna be a lot about how we recover from games and how we yeah. are preparing for those games that come straight away. There isn't gonna be a lot of time to focus on certain things. I probably think there'll be you'll have like your recovery session there might be a video analysis session and then it'll be a case of right we're going to do this warm up get ready for the game because the game's like the next day pretty much um and looking at it at that view you know it, it's it's going to be such a test for us and, and as things stand with all signings really made for the senior squad and all this for the squad it's going to be one hell of a season for them physically and i think you you, do, you from what we've seen so far you wouldn't want anybody other than Eddie Howe and his team in charge to to make sure that everybody's up and running and because of the, the style that we now play with this high intensity football and counter pressing and, and all this, it's going to be such a physical demand on the squad and I'm really looking forward to seeing how we manage it but in a positive way because I don't think we'll be in any sort of trouble
0: Yeah it will be interesting to see how we deal with this, I think obviously transfer window only opened a couple of days mm. ago um, we're already being linked with Barella and whoever else so uh, let's see what happens when that window shuts what the squad looks like um, let's hope we don't get many injuries I mean I'm not going to say any because you are going to get injuries it's inevitable you're yeah. going to get injuries so let's hope they're not as many let's hope they're not as serious let's hope it's not to the key players Um, Joe have you got anything you want to add to this about the fixtures which ones are you looking forward to going back to Newcastle for or which ones are you looking for a uh, you know, short journey for an away game if you if you can get them
2: yeah, if I can get tickets, I'm looking at December because we've got Everton away and Liverpool away um, in the yeah. space of like three weeks. So if I can get mm. tickets for that, pretty close for me. Um, like Manual like... Man City as well. You could probably get to ah, that. Oh, that's true, actually. Yeah, I'll see if I can get tickets for that. Wait, when's the, when's the Man United one? 2nd uh, oh, of December. Man United away on the 20th of oh, April. That's home. a,
1: that's a home. Home. Sorry. That's
2: 20th of April. Yeah, so, well, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. I, I like that we've got a home boxing day fixture because yeah. it feels like. Forever, it always feels like we get Man United away. I know we had Leicester away last season, but Man United away always seems to be yeah. or Man City. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we've always and we've always had like a Spurs fixture as well in the first like fi- the first fixture or two of the season. So it's nice that we're not quite getting that, even though we're getting City and Liverpool.
1: Yeah, j- just to dive in there, I mean, looting away on the twenty third of December is going to be a hell of a mashup, mate. Daryl, down. I can, I can yeah. see it in so, your um, eyes,
2: mate. You're absolutely buzzed for it. I really hope That's I can an get a ticket for that
1: I think there'll be no more than a thousand. Go to that game, uh, again, given the stage. Nah, that'll be road. gold, us, mate.
2: Yeah. It'll be very, but, um, to get no, I, yeah, I would like to just sort of echo what Daryl was saying about how Eddie Howe manages the mm. squad. I mean, looking at December alone, man, you've got seven fixtures. And I mean, did we say that's a Champions League game? Though, or yeah, was it just so it's potential November? for eight, eight oh, in 20 days. Hell. I mean, hey, squad management is going to be paramount. And do you know what it is? I really hope Eddie Howe doesn't like mentally burn out because you mm. know how much mm-hmm. he works. Like he worked last season, and, and you know we didn't have that to contend with, uh, and we had a big break with the World Cup in between. So you've just got to you got to hope that you know they don't, yeah, they don't go too hard and, and burn out by by that time. Um And it just really emphasizes the need that the the, the need for us to have a bigger squad uh yeah. in quality as well. Like I know we're linked with some players like Madison and, and Barella and stuff, but yeah, we we really need some players who can step up. It's going to be quite interesting to see how we. um I don't want to say if, how he prioritises different competitions because you've got to feel that the Champions League does need to be prioritised. But then the way the club's going, you're expecting that they're going to want to see Europe in some form. Maybe I mean, they may forego it next season, given the circumstances. But you know, they're going to want to start seeing some kind of consistent uh, runs in the league and, and finishing at least in the top sort of seven, top eight. So... Yeah. Dep- yeah, it's it's going to well, be very it's interesting. Top,
0: it's top five the next season. Your that's a good football, point. It is so top five. It yeah. is so, so it is might it, not be quite. now quite. top eight for Europe then? Because you've got your top five and you got yeah, because you, you have two Europa and League two game. conference Europas, yeah. yeah. So th- I mean that goes in our favor. I mean I'm not saying we're going to bank on that. That's that's the last thing yeah. you want to be doing. But you know, given the fact that you know if you just need to look at how West Ham have done in the league this season with that Europa mm. Conference run and you know mm. that amazing win that they had the other night. Um, It can affect teams and, you know, we haven't got the deepest of squads at the moment in terms of quality. I was just about to
3: say, do you think as much as it won't be, but like, for instance, no, like the the ownership probably wouldn't have thought, oh, we'll get Champions League first full season here. That would have probably been at least another two, three years mm -hmm. down the line. So they could effectively use this season as a free hit to see, where, sort of gauge where we're at in terms of managing four competitions. That's what So e- yeah. even even if say for example we don't get any sort of Euro- finish any European spot this coming season, I still don't think they'll see that as a failure because we're theoretically still ahead of yeah. where we should be. Yeah, um,
2: that's, yeah,
0: mm-hmm. that's I'm what I'm trying to change say because uh, I think. Yeah. I think maybe's next season would have been where they'd be like, okay, let's go yeah. for conference league. Yeah. Uh, you know, let's go for a European spot and we're that far ahead of schedule, maybe's they'll be like, okay, well, we still want that. Mm-hmm. Uh, we don't we don't expect Champions League, but we want something. Well, because yeah. you've got to think of the financials, you've got to think of the money that brings in. And also the yes. the quality of player that you can attract. You know, even with Conference League, um if we bring in, you know, the players that are being touted around this summer and even, you know, even if they're not the ones that are you know, supposedly close and just some of the names that have been batted around, if we don't get any form of European football next season, there's a good chance these players will come in with a, a European release clause to say, OK, yeah. well, if we don't qualify for Europe, I want to be out if the right money comes in um, and there's nothing you can do about it. Um, that could affect us further down the line when we try and get you know, better players. So I, I think the ownership will want... Bare minimum Europa Conference Mm. um, next season, and I think that would be an expectation. I mean, if you think of our league position, what we finished was a tenth or eleventh last season, the season before, and then it was obviously fourth this season. They're going to want a middle ground. Yeah, middle ground is sixth to eighth, right? So Mm.
2: they're technically European spots. Yeah, and I think you have to look at the wider league. With I think most people are expecting Liverpool and Chelsea to. Step up their game. Liverpool really did. I mean, they were right hot on our heels. Yeah. Um, I think. I, I mean, I, I think I remember back during the mid-season review, I had predicted us to finish fifth because I had said that I think that someone a team like Liverpool could have a strong run at the end of the season. And I think, I mean, credit to the lads for you know getting that done. Um, but they they did give us a good run for our money there. Mm. Uh, Chelsea, in, they have no European football. They're not, but then they're kind of lumbered with the same players because of. How much they've spent? I can't see them going big on many other players. They're kind of stuck with a majority of the squad they've got, so they've got to. So Pochettino's got to come good with them. I still, I think they'll do well. Whether they'll finish in the top six, I don't, I don't know. I'm not convinced by that.
0: My thinking about Pochettino is he's been in a team full of stars at PSG and he didn't manage them very well. Like obviously, yeah, he won things, but it's PSG. Like they just really need to turn up and they're going to win the majority of those games. And that's no disrespect to that French league, but. You know, it's called the Farmers League for a reason, right? There are some teams where you turn up and you you, you get three points. So, if the fact that he couldn't get them singing the same the same hymn sheet, he might struggle at Chelsea. It might be different, but I also think this this owner that they've got at Chelsea, yeah, doesn't seem to have much patience. Once mm. things yesterday, he once Chelsea you know... ever had patience. <laughs> Well, yeah, I mean, look at how many managers they've got. Anyway, that's not what this podcast is about. Ian, mate, what, what were you want to say? So,
3: yeah, just, just to, to wrap up on the, the fixtures. So, for me, and I, I was going to ask the question for you. Like, for me, I always look for maybe the first three games to see who you get, the last game, mm-hmm. and then Boxing Day or the fixtures that are really... Oh, and then, say, and if any new teams come up, like, like the like, yeah. Not so much, not so much Burnley and Sheffield United because we've already played them of recent times. And then, mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, there's a, an absence of one or two other East clubs. They were always the first yeah. teams. Um, mm-hmm. So I was, I was just interested to see what, what, like actual individual fixtures you look at for when they come out.
2: I personally, I, I like to look at the last five or six because I start to imagine. Where we could potentially be and what's to play for at that point. For instance, you've got Tottenham and uh, Man U in the middle of April. You've got to think they could be crunch games if we're anywhere near the levels mm. that we were last season. Uh, and to it finish could be it off, the. <laughs> Well, I mean, you got Burnley, Brighton, and okay. Brentford. <laughs> He's putting jokes straight. No, I was, I was, I was, I was trying. I was thinking about how I can make a Spurs joke there, but you know uh, they're already a big joke enough. So fuck them. Well, they, um, they won't have a manager by then. They definitely won't uh, have a manager yeah. by April. Ryan Mason will be back for his third stint. Aye, um, right. but yeah, you got me. Got Burnley, Brighton, and Brentford. I mean, they, they, as far as fixtures go, I mean, if we're looking to get points at the end of that, you know, at the end of the season can't ask for much better to be fair. Mm. Plus their teams p- could well not be playing for anything.
0: I look for first game and last game and I'm of the opinion of you've got to play every team twice. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Does it really matter when they come? I mean yeah, having Villa, City, Liverpool and Brighton as your first four games is probably a bit of a shitter, but it's not that bad yeah. really when you think about well, it. When though, we've, yeah. we've given games to to these teams last season and you know, we've you know, arguably yeah. What Villa, City, and Liverpool were the three teams that did beat us last season. Um,
3: Oh, I didn't even think of that. You (laughs) know,
0: let's hope we don't go five games in without a win. Mm -hmm. But that's—I don't think that's going to happen. We'll we'll move on to our scrawny chatter topic this week, and uh, we're talking pizzas, and we're talking favorite pizzas or best pizzas you've had. Joe, I normally go to Ian first because it's always his topics mm. for the food but uh, I'll, I'll save him for a bit later on Joe mate, what's been your best pizza or what is your best pizza?
2: I'm a lover of all pizzas and I don't think that you can quite say that there's the best one but I'm going to give a shout out to a restaurant in Liverpool called Rudy's um, I've been there a couple of times recently and I swear to god it is, is genuinely some of the best pizza I've ever had it is absolutely beautiful, it's you know um thin like um wood-fired mm. it's got like a, a, yeah i think the one i had was like um and duia, it was like some gorgeous Oof. peppers mm. um like chili oil it was just top-notch They're great sizes as well and they're not too um mm-hmm. and they're not, yeah they're not too big not too small just just perfect nice little goldilocks pizza going <sighs> Uh, And they got this aioli dip that you can have, which is just top notch as well. Mm. Uh, The second time I went, it was like a triple pepperoni special thing. And it had like some honey um, glazing Mm. on it. And it was just absolute heaven. So if you're alive in Liverpool, there's two, there's one on Bold Street. And then there's one, I can't remember the name of the street, but it's somewhere central. Um, Both beautiful. So I would recommend going to them. When I was over in the States, there was a really nice place called Blaze Pizza. Um, it's, I think it's owned or at least like heavily invested in by LeBron James. Um, that was gorgeous as well. Like they made the pizzas in front of you. Um, mm. so yeah, I just remember them being absolutely spot on, and they were pretty cheap as well. Actually, obviously the right outside campus, so that had to be, but they were lovely.
0: <laughs> nice. I,
2: yeah, I do want to actually ask. Well, I'll ask a um, question, which I, you can answer now or, or after you've uh, answered the first question. But Domino's or Pizza Hut? Or neither. Mm. Right. See, this gonna, I, I can see this is causing a bit of see it's causing a bit of disturbance, but a bit of controversy. So uh, I don't know if you want to go through this now. I like,
3: I like both. I like all pizza. I th- I feel pizza like you can't knock a pizza hut buffet, but it depends on what pizzas come out. I think the the barbecue, um, barbecue version at Pizza Hut is unreal because they do like a barbecue drill. That's unreal. I like Domino's just for the massive dip that you get, but outside shout Papa John's mm-hmm. is. I mean, it's the the only thing about all three of them. It's about eight grand for a pizza. But <laughs> there was a one, the one I got. There's a the Papa John's. It's in Darlington, so it's a bit of a trek. And um, but I got like a double XL pizza just before Christmas, and it was absolutely unreal. It did as like three meals. In fairness. But there's always a there's always a time I remember I've got a Papa John's through work, um, I've also got another work story about Domino's pizza which I'll touch on in a second. But Papa John's from work and I it was like this you know how you do like um, cola pulled brisket it was like oh, like right. cola yeah, yeah, brisket. So yeah, yeah. I thought oh that that sounds quite nice. It just tasted like you know them really like cheap cola bottle chews on a pizza, and it was it was covered in it. And I thought I thought it was just going to be like a, a Tanya barbecue, but it just tasted like cheap, sweet eating a pizza, mm. and it, it ruined it for us. Um, but I, I like all three. I, I couldn't pick one, if I'm honest.
0: So over here, um, we have Domino's. We don't have Pizza Hut, um, but we do have something called New York Pizza, which is kind of like... So it's weird, right? So Domino's over here is thin, base... Italian style, where Domino's at home is always a thick one, um, and it's this New York pizza, which is the the thicker doughy base. I like a I like a thinner base, if I'm being honest with you, but I do like a stuffed crust, so I'm a bit torn. Um, and I, I sometimes when I when I used to live in Newcastle, we used to sometimes also get the. Um, I think it's Domino's do... Is it a sausage crust? Mm-hmm. Hot dog. They it used a to do that, hot, yeah, dog the hot dog in the crust yeah. with uh, mustard and ketchup in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're really good. Um, best pizza I've had... I was in I was in Edinburgh, and I used to spend a lot of time in Edinburgh in the previous job. We used to have an office up there, and uh, there's a place just off the Royal Mile, and I think it's called Civerino's, or Chiverino's, um, and they do freshly prepared sourdough Ooh. pizzas. Um and they're made like just like what Joe was on about before. They're made front, like you can see them being made in, in the back. It's not a very big place. I remember it was like a long trestle table in the middle of the, the restaurant and you just got plonked wherever you could fit and it was just, you know, loads of people eating pizza. And the the pizza that I had, I think it was it was named after the the restaurant. It was the Chiverinos and it was um Fennel sausage, I think it was pepperoni on there, and again, garlic oil, chili oil, mm. uh, but it was on a sourdough. Um, mm. outstanding, really good, really thin, really crispy, uh, but with a thick sourdough crust mm. uh, around the edge, which which I really liked. Um, yeah, so that was in, in Edinburgh, um, like I said, on the Royal Mile, really liked that. And then, like you said, over here, there's a couple of places that do them as well. Uh, sourdough but do you know what there's a this is going to sound really weird but there's a frozen pizza that we can get from um i don't know if you have this in newcastle but you have it in london that's called Getia and gorillas it's like um grocery delivery where so basically i've got an app go on the app i need milk i need whatever whatever click order in 10 minutes the bloke's at me door with the food with the stuff um, and it's like really fast, just really mm. quick and easy, and it costs no more than a you know going to the, the supermarket. But they they do a a spicy sausage and pepperoni sourdough frozen pizza, and our oven does like an air fry as well, but it's not an air fryer. Just like a four, it's it's called 4D hot air or whatever it is. So it, it combines the microwave with the oven in the same heating process. So it gets them like perfectly crispy. The top's nice. The cheese is bubbly. Um yeah, there I don't know what the make is, I really couldn't tell you, but they're really good. I like to get them sometimes. Um going back to a question on pizza, uh controversial one, I don't mind pineapple. Oh, I knew he was on gonna a pizza that. I don't mind it. I wouldn't I wouldn't order it if I was getting it, but if if I was somewhere like, you know, you're at a Pizza Hut buffet and all that's left while you are waiting is a slice of Hawaiian. I'll take a slice of Hawaiian while they bring out their other pizzas. I don't, I don't really care.
2: Um, I'm with you, Scott. but I, I mean, I, I, it's not. Yeah, I wouldn't order it, but yeah, I think yeah. it gets a bit too much. It gets a bit too much hate on it.
1: <laughs> Pineapples
2: for See, going on
0: Staci- gambling. That's what that's for. Stacy gets she gets chicken, pineapple, and mushroom, Ooh. and a custom made pizza. Um, which yeah, it's different, right? Ooh. But. Do the pizza place over there offer different types of sauces? So you obviously got your tomato as a base, but you can now get like barbecue sauce, yeah. And they do yeah. a a creamy mm-hmm. like white sauce now. There which was um, I don't, certain don't know do. if I can get away with
3: pizza. Pizza Express right. they used to do a, 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 a. So just to jump in because I have different genres of pizza. So here we go. Here we go. So, <laughs> 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 honestly, I could talk about pizza for days. So. Standard takeaway has to be kebab meat. Um, I always get double kebab meat, double cheese. Unreal. If I'm going to, like, a nice restaurant, it's a, a bolognese pizza. Like, thin thin Italian crust. Bolognese. 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 I'm, I'm like Mark, I, pron- I pronounce the G-hosh. So there's that. G-hosh. Uh, um... <laughs> And then if it if it's like a or, or like an Italian cured meat, so like salami, um, like is it prosciutto ham? I like mm. that from like a proper Italian. And you've got to be fancy; you've got to eat in a restaurant with a knife and fork. Mm. Um, but if it if it's the likes of Domino's, Pizza Hut, whatever, it's usually always like a just a meat feast. I don't like I don't like vegetables in general, but I don't like vegetables on a pizza. Sweet corn, I can get away with if it's barbecue. Peppers. Nah, mm. absolutely not i don't like Aww. them in general but that that's because i don't if i ever if I liked them in general i'd probably have them on a pizza but this ties nicely to the story that i had about domino so it was at work and it was like we had just started and we went through like the the training and whatnot and at the end of it the the train i was like oh we'll get some domino's pizzas in just to like celebrate sort of thing um and to my understanding, the general rule of ordering p- offers pizzas is you get a margarita, that's more more or less a vegetarian option. If not, you'll go for like a veggie pizza, but then you will get like a, a pepperoni pizza and maybe a garlic bread. And that's I think that's an unwritten rule because it covers all bases, meat eaters, non meat eaters, fussy all eaters. Bases. So the guy got he only got two two types of two pizzas so he got the same pizza twice mm. and he got a veg which was like onion mushroom something else vegetable wise and then a spicy veggie which was the exact same thing just with peppers on it and th- those were the only two pizzas he got and i was just like that's Incredible. like it, and it just really really annoyed us because i was thinking like I'm fussy, and I love Domino's pizza. You've <laughs> accounted for the one vegan person that's in the room that that won't eat it anyway. That's um, an HR
2: violation. Wait, <laughs> uh, I, was, I was that's just, I, honestly, I was horrendous. I was
3: absolutely devastated.
0: Speaking oh, but- of all bases covered, mm-hmm. do the places over there offer cauliflower base pizzas no. now?
3: Because do that.
0: over here. Oh. I haven't seen There's that. A, it's called a fathead pizza. I think that's what they yeah. refer to it as.
3: There's a, like a jackfruit one. There's a place called Pizza Punks, if any of you oh, have I've been, but they do, yeah. they do like proper raj toppings. Yeah. So there was one of them that's like an in Indians mm. and the, they'll put like, on. so like <laughs> instead of, instead of like this, um like tomorrow, mar- the marinara base, it'll be like mango chutney. Mm. They'll have the cheese on. I've seen like it with the, a
1: sauce before.
3: Tika sauce and then poppadums. Mm. Also, chicken tikka pizza oh. with tikka sauce as the base. Mm. Unreal. Mm. Absolutely unreal. But just quickly circling back to the cream base, uh, Pizza Express did a carbonara pizza, and it was like um, like the white sauce yeah. mm-hmm. uh, mm. ham, and then that had a, an egg in the middle of it, and you'd think that doesn't work. It, it absolutely does. It was unreal. But that's oh, my stories on pizzas. On. Has, How was has anyone done? had
0: a, cost store, a Costco? pizza no. so the pizzas from Costco so when I used to work for Apple Care way way back when uh, we were right next to Costco next to the Metro Center and every Friday I think it was um everyone would like chip in a quid and they'd go and they'd buy these Costco pizzas and they're huge big pizzas and obviously they make them there um it's kind of like our class it's like a posh Domino's so it's like a you know I'm it's, it's like a just slightly bit more market, a bit more market than um what you get from there, just really nice, like it's it's like Pizza Hut style pizzas, but you get them in takeaways, really good.
2: Mm. I tell you what, speaking of supermarket pizzas, actually, Aldi's are absolutely yeah, stunning.
1: They do stone baked stuff, don't they? Stone baked the they They stone baked,
2: massive, yeah, they're yeah. like they're like a fiver, and they are honestly, they are absolutely class. If you've how had one before, I employ a Ganty nearest Aldi and pick up like three. Uh, they
3: do a um, they do a fake dominoes. I think it's yeah, called they do, Carlos. Carlos. Yeah, Carlos is that, that's really are they the
2: frozen ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, they're really good. I, yeah, I tell you no, what, I'm talking. To- well, yeah.
1: I'm uh, I'm glad I've come last on this because my pizza stories are horrendous, <laughs> as we all know. Um, that's for those for those listening. That's for evidence seen in the group chats these days. Um, but no, in, in terms of of pizzas, I'm just very mundane. I like a classic margarita. Um, I do like from our local takeaway. It'll be that, or I'll have the bolognese pizza as well. Um, I'll I'll come round to it because it links into our, our final topic at the end. Um, but I've also been there's a place on Market Street in in Newcastle next to um, I'm gonna have to get me map up here to to get it up. It's uh, next door to Lola Jeans on Market Street in Newcastle. And it's called Square, and they do deep. Oh pizzas. Yeah. Um, lovely. Um, there's a place that I haven't been to yet, that's on my list down in London, near yeah, to Spitalfields Market called Detroit Pizza Company, another place that does deep dish pizzas that look absolutely superb. And anything, Anytime I see it on Instagram, I just think, I need to go. Um, and of course, I would follow that with a crumble, but that's a completely different story altogether. Um, but yeah, um, I do like to do a bit with Domino's and, um, or a pizza hut every now and again. It's very rare these days considering, just like, like I say, just like a, a plain one from the old takeaway along the road, but I am open. Apart from pineapple, I wouldn't really have pineapple on a pizza. Sorry, guys. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I am open to, to, to trying new things. And anything that's really spicy, um, anything with, like we said before, chicken tikka out like that, that will come in under my belt, really. Um, and I'll finish it with the one I had on Saturday, pre-gig, which I know we're coming on to. And I was down – and, you know, it's a place that I've been looking to tick off my list for a, a long time now, and it's uh, Screen for Pizza.
3: Yeah, that's um, really they've good. got the little
1: shop on the quayside, and they've also got a little shop restaurant out in Sandyford in, in near Jesmond. Um, and I had been trying to work up the courage to go to the shop, really, uh, in Jesmond and, and eat the restaurant, but I never really got around to it. So I just took advantage of that opportunity on on Saturday and called in on the quayside, and they had a, a, a nice little menu in there. You can buy a pizza slice, or you can buy a whole pizza and all that, and have a mm-hmm. few sides and whatnot. And the one that caught my eye given the day it was and, and who was who was going to see the lamb fender and it was lamb kofta mm. with a tomato base and and the cheese and that and it was also served with dollops of fresh raita on the top as well and it was one of the best pizzas i've actually ever had it was lovely nice. and i really i only had the the one slice and i probably could have eaten the whole one in like five minutes it was so lovely <laughs> I like
3: places that do that though. Yeah, that you you mm-hmm. get the one slice. There's a um, there's a place in, the green in it, yeah, 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 unreal. Like, what's pro- called slice. Attempt. yes Yes, it is um there's a couple of places that i've been so there's one in darlo called hideaway you can either get like i think it's a 24 inch pizza and it does about three people you only get two or three slices each but it's massive Mm. and then there was a one in manchester i'm sure you thought it was called crazy pedos but it was crazy pedros (laughs) (laughs) Um, crazy
2: pedros is one of them in uh there's one of them in liverpool actually
3: and you can you can either buy like it's just like stone baked um right.
2: but was, I think that was like a 20 inch pizza right. pepperoni was lush there's um do you know neil's yard in london near covent garden it's like it's this sort of tucked away street really colorful like something out of a wes anderson film um and there's a place called home slice there and it does a similar thing it's uh-huh. like massive pizzas that uh yeah, you can get them, like obviously, by the slice or just the whole thing, but they're huge and they're really filling. They're really nice, actually. So, uh, if you're ever in London, go and Neil's Yard. And go to it's the like slice. that that
0: video. Have you seen that video of the, the lass who's asked if she'd prefer to have eight or six slices of a pizza? Yeah. And she goes for six because she couldn't eat eight it's. slices. <laughs> you know, it's the same pizza. Um, mm. And on that note, we'll move on to our final topic. So, this weekend was... Uh, the ninth the, the of June, the Bladen races, um, and a young Mister Sam Fender played a couple of gigs at St James's Park. Uh, we all went. I think I was the only one who was there on the Friday. No, I was no Joe. Oh, you went were on, on the Friday, Friday. Friday. Okay, so Joe and I were there on the Friday, not together. I
3: feel um, Sorry,
0: holding hands. And then Daryl and Ian went on the Saturday. Now obviously it was one of the reasons why i was in new. well it was the only reason why i was in newcastle for that weekend um what did everyone think and i think what i'll do first let's come to you first joe because you did the friday because i think we all know what happened on the saturday um and we'll talk about that a little bit later on but how did you find the overall gig experience weekend day i don't know how long you were out from um how did you find it what was it like tell us your story yeah
2: so uh i went with my girlfriend and a few mates um we got into town got a monument just after five um and you know what it was the entire city you could just tell it was just a really nice atmosphere yeah. it was buzzing all the pubs were obviously rammed it felt mm-hmm. like i felt like a bit like a match day just without the tension yeah you know um I did And it was—I really liked that they had some local bands on and people from like you know early doors, so you didn't have to stick in time. You could go there early if you wanted to. So we got there, went to the George for a couple of drinks, which was, uh, yeah, great atmosphere again. Um, And then we headed straight down. And I'm not being funny. I've never seen the outside of Saint James Park so ramdy, like even Mm -hmm. on a match day, Mm -hmm. it was absolutely ridiculous. People were just like. Obviously, sat uh, like what well, they were in. The, obviously, the adjacent streets, you had people just sat on the grass outside. Honestly, probably didn't have tickets, so we're just going to listen to it from outside. Uh, obviously, the they had stalls, they had some live music on. Um, there was that young Joe who plays the guitar, um, he was by the Bobby Robson statue. You had this young drummer outside of the Strawberry. Um, it was just absolutely class. We got there, we got uh, the uh, St. James's Park about seven. So we were standing, by the way, just everywhere we were all standing. And um, Sam Fender was coming on at 9, so we thought, get there at 7. It probably won't be too busy by then. People will still be filtering in. That was probably the first mistake. (laughs) It (laughs) still wasn't too bad, actually. We got in, we got in, and um, we went to the loo, then went to the bar. And I was quite surprised that they were doing what I can only describe as mega pints. They had the two pint. Um, Marjorie's or ciders or whatever you wanted, which I thought was a good idea, but obviously it just means you're gonna need a loo for like the entirety of the gig. But we got those. Um, fourteen, what was it? Fourteen each or something. That was like, yeah, it would have been expensive. Mm, like you know, seven quid a pint. So you know what you're gonna do. Uh, plus, like I say, we were we were standing, so we thought get them and then we'll just go in. Um, and it was good. So we got there. Inhaler was was a, uh, were pretty decent. Uh, I like them, and it was nice because at that point the crowd was still um it was it was fairly full but you could still walk around it wasn't too bad and you know yeah. what it was right and this is going to sound just like I, honestly i just love being on the pitch mm. i just thought it was such <laughs> a surreal experience i did it, i was fortunate enough to do it once when i was 9 years old as a ball boy but since then obviously i've not been back on it and it was just really cool looking around and seeing what the players see on a fortnightly basis and how it must feel when you have like that entire crowd coming out and supporting you and it's odd because when you're in the stands st james's park does look like you know huge it looks absolutely massive but on the pitch when you're circling around it it, it feels smaller and, mm-hmm. I, and I think oh, that's just well. because you can see more in your, in your peripheral like mm-hmm. i don't know what it was it just felt slightly smaller um but it was cool that was cool nonetheless um so yeah we so inhale it was good then it was getting really busy and we were sort of just i would say behind halfway in terms of the crowd relative to the stage um and the larsas went to the loo right and they were gone for ages and it was getting really busy getting packed and we were like they're not getting back in and then like quarter to nine all of a sudden they uh, we saw them and the jess had like for us to come um to come over to them and so we left our spot in the crowd and what we didn't realize was that the crowd was split into two sections um so about a third of the way back from the, the stage, they had, uh, I think they must have had a barrier or something. I didn't quite see because there so many people. But if you went around at the side, there was a, uh, a second sort of like small entrance, just like a little gateway, where you could get a second wristband. And it means you were s- like stuck in that section for the rest of the gig. Um, obviously, there were, you know, toilets and still, like there were still places to go. But yep. it meant that you were still in that like main section. So we ended up getting in there and getting quite close to the stage, which was class. And the whole gig was unreal. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Um, I, I knew we, I knew he would come out of Local Hero. That uh, that was, was kind of obvious. But the cheek of him to come out of the Champions League music was something else, man. Wasn't it? It, was, it was class. Unreal. Yeah. Uh, it was nice to get that little preview of what's to come. The songs yep. were great. Um, and I thought that for the most part, the crowd was just a great atmosphere. Um, How was, was the
0: sound for you on the pitch? Because I think we were all in the stands.
2: Yeah, it was um, good. So you it were was, on I mean, the pitch. Not, not obviously you know I've been to better sounding gigs I mean obviously with St. James has been an open stadium there's no acoustics for it to bounce off we'll yeah. we mention this in the group chat uh but I think I was close enough that it didn't really matter um so yeah no I, th- I I thought it was pretty good and yeah so I was sat um LL2G
0: 1892 the front row of that so I was I was in the in the gangway so my ticket had said it was uh restricted viewing uh security barrier and the barrier was like no bigger than my knees like it's just the Mm. there wasn't anything extra it's just what they've got in a match here right you know the white like yeah handrails if anything like they're Mm. not really barriers um the only downside to where i was sitting was people were walking past yeah so you a lot of you were on the gangway so people walking back and forth in front so um a bit of a shame from for me the sound was okay um, they did have the speakers up higher, and I think if you were higher up in the stand, it probably sounded a bit better. I didn't get all of that, but like, it's not like I couldn't make out what he was saying and what he was singing or what songs were playing. Um, I didn't go to any see any of the bands. I didn't. I didn't really have an interest in them. But also, I met up with uh, Chris and Amy, and then met up with Harry and I met up with uh, Mark and their partners. So we we were all kind of just out drinking, really. Now, yeah, had a Fair uh, fill, shall we say, uh, mm. on the on the uh, on the Friday night. Um, I do want to touch on one thing, and, and obviously, Ian and Daryl, you can talk more about how this was. But Joe, were you a bit disappointed in the guest that came out on the Saturday night? Um, given that you know the magnitude of who it was, and and I'm talking about obviously you know Brian Johnson and the ACDC bit that they did. Um, was that a bit of a disappointment that we didn't really get anything other than Sam Fender's brother on the Friday?
2: Um, so I'm going to be careful what I say here because I think, given the no no no, I know because no, no, I think there were a lot of people who would have given their you know left Bollock to be at any of the gigs. So I don't want to come across as ungrateful, yeah. and it was a phenomenal gig. Uh, and I really, I did I did enjoy that cover of um, of Bruce Springsteen and stuff. And you know, I thought it was I thought it was good. I I did. I was hearing rumors that day the Friday that he was going to have a special um guest come out on the Saturday and I did think to myself Friday the 9th is the original day it feels weird that he would bring out a special guests mm-hmm. for just a Saturday night especially given that yeah that was the second night yeah. um so <laughs> when I did when I did on the Saturday when I did see that Brian Johnson came out and not steal your lads thunder who do go on the Saturday because I know you'll talk about it I was a bit like fucks it. I mean I, <laughs> I I'm fortunate you, enough. You, but 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 I'll say I'll say a couple of things. One, I was I've been fortunate to see Brian Johnson twice, once with AC DC itself, and then I was at the Taylor Hawkins tribute gig at Wembley last year and he did um and he did a couple of songs with um Lars Ulrich of uh, Metallica. So I have seen him recently. Um and so I was a bit like okay, it's a bit gutting that he wasn't there on the Friday, but Fair play, like to get him is one of those where he probably just couldn't get him on the Friday night, You could only get him yeah. on the Saturday night. Um, but well, I think the rumors was it was Lindisfarne was yeah, supposed to be added. on the Friday night, really? Yeah. Oh, yeah, right.
0: Um, I mean, for for me, the only thing that I'm annoyed at is that I had tickets for the Saturday night as well, mm. and I sold them because I I was supposed to be going over with Stacey. I'm not going to go into the story, but flights got changed, Stacey couldn't come, so I had to go on my own. Um so I had a ticket for the Friday and two for the Saturday, and I sold the two for the Saturday. Um so that was the only kind of gun thing, but if I'm being honest, I paid to see Sam Fender. Yeah, that's like, it. I got yeah. to see Sam Fender. I'm not particularly a big ACDC fan, like yeah, like one or two other songs, but you know, I don't own any of their albums, I don't particularly listen to anything like that. It's not my style of music really. So was I annoyed? I mean, I was a little bit just like, well, oh that's a bit shit, but it wasn't going to ruin my weekend. It wasn't going to ruin the night. Um, and it's not going to ruin my memories of it as well. Um, you mentioned, you know, Local Hero and you mentioned uh, the Champions League. Once Local Hero started belting out, I actually bawled my eyes out. I was bawling my eyes out, stood in that stand because oh, I miss it. Yeah. I miss going to the game. I miss hearing Local yeah. Hero. So one of the only times I've been able to do it and I was just like, wow. And then I was kind of feeling a bit embarrassed and I thought, oh, fuck it. And I just just let rip. Um, I, saw, hey, mate, I didn't I I just, I just, <laughs>
2: <laughs> I just uh, Everything just came out. If you didn't get yeah, emotional to much. that,
1: I don't care what the situation is. If you go every week, if you didn't get emotional to that, I, that's something wrong with really, you, because it's just yeah. special, isn't it? It's just special.
0: It was. It was. So uh, we're going to move on to Ian and Daryl because we don't have much time left on this. We're, we're recording on a new platform, ladies and gentlemen, and we have to keep it a bit shorter than normal. So uh, we don't have much time left. So Daryl and Ian... Uh, Daryl, we'll start with you, yeah. mate, because I see you're at the bit to talk about <laughs> the, uh, the ACDC bit. How was it for you, mate? How was your weekend? Well, How did you enjoy the gig?
1: I didn't pick up a ticket to the gig until 7pm on Friday, um, just by chance that a girl I used to work with was um, trying to get rid of a, a ticket, um, so I managed to snap that up pretty quickly. Um, and Obviously, having arranged to see Shell uh, beforehand and afterwards, um, it just made it a little bit more easier to be up in town and... Like I say, to get a ticket in was even better. Um, and, you know, you've mentioned there about coming out to those the, the particular pieces of music and, and the gig itself. And it's the second time I've seen Sam now. And I haven't been disappointed either time. And I do like his, you know, his music is pretty, de- you know, it is decent. It's really nice music. It's yeah. right up my street sort of thing. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I have to be really careful about how I talk about Ryan Johnson because um, it stirs up a lot of memories for me. And to just go slightly personal on this they're so coming up to a pretty difficult time of the year for me personally um and my dad was my dad is my biggest influence and, and inspiration for my taste in music he has such an eclectic taste and i sort of took that from him because of the, the variety of music that he listens to or listened to um and i remember it's actually 10 years this year since i actually met brian at work on the train and it sticks in my mind because he's one of the most kindest humblest people I've ever met in, in 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 the time that I've been working there um easily top the list and he was such such a nice guy on the day and my dad was so jealous when I showed him the picture when I got home that I'd, I'd had taken with Brian and it was um it was really special and he, he made a he made me promise at the time he, he, he just asked one thing as he said you can have the picture but please don't put it on your socials and I've honored that since is out of respect to Brian and I'm sure Ian will say the same what I'm about to say here, but to see actually see Brian on the stage in person live and all that is it's a bucket list sort of event, um especially for me. And it really brought out a few emotions. And you know, he he played it he came out and he played with and he sang with Sam and all that. And it was in and around the time of the set where Sam plays Spit of You. And we all know that Sam uses that as a tribute to his own dad. Um and I must admit I was feeling pretty emotional. I didn't quite I was close to, it, but I didn't shed any tears or anything like that. But it really did get me all, you know, it stirred up the emotions in, in the stand. There. And I was actually sat, and again this is gonna stir up memories because I was sat in um Lisa's level four, almost in the same place where I sat from my very first game against Bayer Leverkusen in the Champions League all those years ago now, twenty years um so it was really weird being like in that spot as well and it was really just i don't use the word like it was just for me it was phenomenal and like i said i've i recorded um on my phone and i've still got it and i have shared it around um the entirety of them playing black and black um which is the first of the two Mm. songs that they did and i've got the full song on my phone and i i think i've watched it back about a dozen times since since saturday just to try and take it in because I still can't believe that I've seen Brian Johnson live. Um but the gig itself, absolutely fantastic. I didn't really have any problems with acoustics and sound. Um did have a slight problem with it, a lass who'd had a bit too much wine over my right shoulder, who projected <laughs> from it, it, it the the d- dog, Which Hey, really. there were plenty oh, of them when I just stood around me, and, mate. And the there was one thing, bloke who didn't make say, the end of local hero. Look, the other thing I must say, and I real I really do feel sorry for the lasses, but they over they took over the most of the lads' toilets as well. The the place isn't built for a gig where you got unfortunately (laughs) a a large female attendance because the queues were just absolutely unreal i I really did feel sorry for the girls that were there because like they must have been waiting about three quarters of an hour just to get in the toilet and at one point it was like you know it it could have been done a bit better but again i think the same can be said for a lot of football stadiums in the country and that's probably one of the reasons why they don't have that many gigs and i really hope that in the future there's a better provision for them
0: yeah. Yeah, I think I think that's one of the things, right? I mean you say about the acoustics, it's not a it's not a place for music, but you know, you can't play anywhere else really well, for yeah, this sort of it. thing. Um, can't it. You know, and then like I say, the, the bathroom situation, yeah, maybe that's something that will be looked at as, you know, the women's football team play more games at St James's Park, maybe still make more accommodations with that. And let's hope they do, because it would be certainly would be nice to see. Ian Mate, we'll wrap this one up with you. You did you did you just go with Sophie or did you? Go uh, with the yeah, as
3: well? went, went with Sophie. Um, came up, Joey had a sleepover. Um, at me, mum, and dad's, watched the Champions League final, so he was living his best life. Uh, went into town fairly early because I wanted to get one of the t the shirts. Mm. Um, oh, and yeah, yeah. the so I got the, the white one with the, the blue star on the front. There's a little story about that. And we went to Nando's and brother ordered a medium. Um, <laughs> there but the, like, everywhere was just rammed. Like, it was about a 20-minute, yeah. half an hour wait to get a table and then another half hour. So we, we ended up getting in at about, I think it was about 7, quarter past 7. We were sat in level 4 um, in Lisa's, but we were sat to the right. Mm, um, towards the corner. The only... Yeah. Um the only thing that was annoying was we were the very back row of that block where the leg room because there's a wall behind you, you yeah. don't have that and so I mean I, I stood the, the whole gig anyway. Um but like for, for taller people it, it was a nightmare but um So
0: my season sorry no my season ticket was originally the back row of uh, uh, Lisa's um corner. And I had the same issue and I actually had to, we had to go and get the seats moved
3: because it's first horrendous. Game was like, there's not a chance I can sit here for... You know, Absolutely horrendous. Anyway, sorry, That's let you fine. Go No, no, no. <laughs> um, so, incidentally, like, so he had went to the toilet and I was just standing, taken in, and obviously had the, the gangway behind us. And um, 20 minutes had passed and I had a tap on the shoulder. And some bloke went, oh, like, there's six were up from Yorkshire. Um and you've been standing there with your your Sam Fender top on because it's got Sam Fender St James's Park and the date. He said we've just been taking pictures next to you because it like it looks absolutely class. So <laughs> he he give us a he give us a flag and then he took a few pictures of me. But um, yeah, when the when the gig started, like um, I, it's very similar to Daryl, I got so so emotional when local hero played because it's the the, the sort of original the long mm. piece rather than the, the one that yep. he out them come out to and my, I'll try not to get emotional but my uncle god rest his soul, was like a season ticket holder for for years and years and years and my cousin had local heroes that danced to the uh, first first dance at a wedding so that that touched me a bit um and then i just belted out the champions because I don't think I'm ever going to get to, to shout the champions in St. James Park because I'll not get a ticket. But yeah, the gig started. Yeah, just, um, just go on a ground
0: tour and do it. You <laughs> don't have to play the
3: game. Um, the gig started was was absolutely great. I um, really like the song selection. Not a huge fan of his punk songs, but I'm not a big fan of punk l- in general. I love it. I it's love how Death It's my Aldi. It, my local Aldi. It was. Aldi. It's my
1: favorite song. The the part that I did <gasps> like, yeah,
3: was just like sixty thousand people shouting that because I I remember the original clip and I, I know <laughs> of the guy because he's from and he's a, and I was just thinking like I wonder if he gets like any royalties from that. Mm. But um, just <laughs> no. to again, just to touch on what Daryl said. Like me and my dad are absolutely massive ACD fans. I like, absolutely love them. And my me and my dad have always said like if ACDC ever toured, and there was rumors of a few years back now that they would do a gig at St James's, um, would go and see them. Obviously, um, my my dad didn't come to the Sam Fender gig, but um, it made it more special because I, I was reading up on Brian Johnson because um Mimi dad used to watch this thing where he used to go and interview like Billy Joel and mm. um Dolly Parton Mark Knopf, sting, that was I think one did Sting as well um and he I know he's a, like a, an avid motor car racer yeah. as well he's got a big collection of motor cars and I was reading up and he's he's actually perforated one of his eardrums yep. and he's basically been told that he, he can't mm. do like tours anymore because he will go deaf so It made it uh, like almost like a once in a lifetime thing, and yes, I was there to see Sam Fender, but for me, that was the pinnacle of it. Like, he brought the guitarist out, who I thought was—I thought he looked very similar to Angus Gunn.
2: So that's Phil Martin. Um, He's yeah. So Phil Martin is a like a a legend in the local um, like band scene. Uh, I've actually had a few guitar lessons with him when I was younger. Um, and he's played at my dad's pub quite a few times. He's a really nice guy, and he's honestly an unbelievable guitarist. I remember being in my dad's pub with like watching him, and he just get up or like it, and just rip out these incredible solos. Mm. And I uh, he he would play a local hero actually sometimes as well. I remember now, um, and playing races and that, and it was just really nice. I was like when I realised that was him, because obviously I wasn't there on the side. When I realised it was him who was there, I was like, oh, you know what? Couldn't like I'm I'm just so tough for him because. Yeah. Mm. And I know, him, like, obviously, I used to know him, and he's a great guy. I tell you what was strange. So the
0: Saturday night, obviously, I was at my mum's because uh, hotels were mm. stupidly expensive for that weekend because obviously you had pink and Fender. So the hotels were, I think, it was eight hundred quid, with yeah. we cheapest we recorded for two nights. Um, so I was at my mum's on the Saturday. We had uh, soccer. No, the Champions League mm. final was on. That was it. And I went out in the garden just because it was quite warm, and I could hear. The gig in my mum's and my mum lives in West Stenton, right? So, oh, wow. not that far away, but still not still in town. Change, yeah. You could hear it, like you could hear the whole thing. It's on there. Um, and I think people were saying that you could hear it, you know, up in, uh, in, in Gateshead and the Fells Aye. as well. So, it was It was really good. I think that's one of the benefits of St. James's is, is where it is. The you can, it's the way shape, yeah. yeah. Can kind yeah. Of act like a little megaphone for yeah, that. It does not it? It fills the city. Um, boys, we'll wrap this one up. Uh, we are running out of time on our new i you an, <laughs> running out
1: of battery so, uh, as well. Just, just we are, quickly, yeah. if I can, do we know anything about yeah. the actual attendances for the gigs? Because I haven't really seen anything. It's
2: been, uh, yeah, so I'm wasn't... wondering if you've made I mean, it the, out, they, out they the had record. Had the, so it must a be a record. They had a big chunk of the stand. Yeah.
0: like The, the stand's like not being used, so you'd imagine what, what they didn't wasn't have the stand was probably on, the pitch. Had on, the, yeah. on the pitch. So and, and I would probably say between 55,000 and 65,000 easy would be there per night. yeah. Um. Yeah,
1: I would. I we we'll, we'll look forward to seeing what they like say when it comes it out. I think. Episode.
2: Yeah. Yeah, and,
0: record and record let's hope they and do and release that sort of information. Oh, yeah. so it'd be nice to know, especially um, if it is. And if it's... if you do know, let us know on the Gallagher Shots uh, Twitter page or on the Over Smiling Faces Twitter page because uh, we we would like to know that information. So if you are listening if you if you've lasted this long. Uh, thanks very much for that. But ah, boys, cheers. we will wrap this one up. It's been a really great episode. This I've really enjoyed myself tonight. Uh, we have went on a bit longer than we normally do, but uh, yeah, we've had a lot to talk about: new kits, fixtures, Sam Fain, and who Brian Johnson can man, forget. Honest me, oh. the pizzas. Being all about the pizza. Um no uh, anyway. All that's left for me to do is to thank the people who are on this podcast with me. So thank you, Ian, thank you, Joe, and Daryl, thanks again for stepping no in last minute. Absolute pleasure. Thank uh, you, it's Scott. been great having you on, mate. Jeez, and Steph. obviously, Joe and Ian, it's been great having you boys on as well. And thank you for listening. Uh we will be back with more canny chatter in a couple of weeks. I don't know what we're going to talk about. Hopefully we'll have signed someone by then and we're gonna can- Wax lyrical about the the YouTube videos we'll be watching about these players. So uh, hopefully there'll be something coming up. But scranny chatter doesn't rely on football season. So we'll always have food to talk about, if anything else. But we will see you in the next one. It's been a real pleasure today. Thanks everyone for listening. Thank you all. Uh, And we'll see you in the next one. Bye everyone. Bye everyone.
2: Bye.